Welcome to Process. My name's Stephen Walsh. This week we're going to be talking to Lord Herc. Hello, Herc. Hello. People will be intrigued by your name. I think it's, it's wonderful. It's a great thing. I'm a big fan of it. Where does it come from? Do you want to give us the, the secret origin of Lord Herc? Back in probably when I was into sort of graffiti and, and involved in sort of music, I just invented the name Hercules as a sort of super boastful name, but a bit sort of tongue-in-cheek. So It's rap braggadocio, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, it's exactly. A classic and I move. thought that was like, I kind of like those, I do kind of like, the sort of like, you know, you get like reggae artists that just sort of take a name like Charlie Chaplin or something and they just call themselves that. I kind of like, I kind of like that, just taking the name, not being that original with it. But yeah, it's sort of, sort of like the whole braggadocio thing. But anyway. I like the fact you took the name of a god and then added an honorific title to the start of it. Like, that wasn't enough. Being Hercules wasn't enough. You're like, no, no, I know that other guy's Hercules. I'm Lord Hercules. Yeah. Just outrank <laughs> that, him a little bit. That, that sort of came later. So, basically, I, I kind of kept the name Hercules that I've been using in music when I started doing comics. And then, obviously, it gets shortened. Friend, you know, people just shorten it to Herc. And then, as I moved away from doing the music and concentrating on the comics... I just kept it as Herc. And then I think it was just something like I came to register a domain name for my website and I couldn't just have Herc because that was already taken. So I just added Lord onto it. Important distinction for listeners who are, I'm sure, right now Googling. They would have seen the episode title as well. But anyway, let's just clarify. H-U-R-K as well. Yeah, definitely. H-U-R-K. It did start off as H-E-R-C. But Google trouble, I imagine. Google trouble, and there's sort of uh, Cool Herc as well, sort of godfather of hip hop. He's spelt the same way, isn't it? H E R C. Yeah, he's H E R C. Yeah. So it does feel like it's similar to the hip hop thing, where it's about adopting a persona, isn't it? As well, it's about having an idea about yourself, and it, obviously in music that means one thing. Do you find it helps you as an artist? Do you think when you sort of sit down to work, you are you're into like Herc mode, if that makes sense. Not at all, actually. It's 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 not like it's a different personality, like an alter ego or anything like that. It's just it's it's a sort of it's a, it's common thing with sort of like old punch cartoonists and things like that. They always had a, a lot name. of them had pen names yeah, and they yeah. were shortened. And even sort of uh, sort of gag strip cartoonists in newspapers. I used to look at them and like, I don't know why, I just like the names, sort of, they'd have, sort of, well, one of my favourite cartoonists is like Trog, like right. Wally Fawkes, but he signs it Trog, so it is, a, as much as it, it's a tradition, as much as it is in music and, and hip-hop and things like that, it, it is a tradition of having these sort of alter ego names in, in, in uh, comics as well, I think, or maybe not so much comics, but cartoonists. Cartooning, certainly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not like, I don't, I don't think right now. I'm I'm, I'm Lord Herc. I'm sitting at my <laughs> sitting at my table with You're some not paper, on, like, any sort of ceremonial crown, uh, hat, and... yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, some chains and that. But no, no, it's I don't really ever. Yeah, I don't really think about about the sort of name thing. But in a sort of like bland branding way, I think it it, it kind of is. It sort of has a positive effect to sort of present you it's kind of i think it's easier to sort of remember it stands out a bit more than what my normal name would i did an interview recently for your days numbered magazine which 
we did a regular interview, I gave you the text, you turned it into this tremendous bit of comicking where I'm there asking the questions, you're there answering the questions. I look like me. <laughs> you definitely don't look like yourself. Sure. And you, you, you've, you've said on your own website, that was a very deliberate thing, you've, you've cited that cartoonists should refuse to draw themselves and you give three exceptions to that, which is Crumb, Joe DC, and Noah Van Skyver. Which I thought was very interesting, just in terms of uh, the think, range of people that you've mentioned there. Yeah, well. I couldn't blatantly say, like, cartoonists shouldn't draw themselves, because they're three people that... You don't quite, them. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I quite enjoy their work, so... Um, but you didn't but want to put me, yourself like, I in don't, there. Yeah, I just hate the whole thing of draw, drawing self-portraits and, and that sort of... Yeah, it can come across a bit egotistical sort of thing, drawing yourself. just don't like doing it, so... So I drew you instead. <laughs> <laughs> the persona you gave yourself in that strip, Flyball, is that the correct naming yeah, of it? Yeah, Do you I'll want to describe that character for us? I'd say it's like 40%, yeah, 40% eyeball, 45% fly, 5% trilby. <laughs> <laughs> and then some pens, yeah. just to indicate that you are an artist <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, was there any particular reasoning behind that or just their things that you like drawing yeah I, I think I kind of yeah I think sometimes do incorporate those sort of eyeballs and things into little logos that I do for myself or, or things like that so it's kind of a, a running icon that I sometimes use but yeah I just thought I could represent myself that way in it rather than draw my draw my face Having a look through your sketchbooks, I was struck by just the amount of characters that are in there. Names of characters, drawings of characters, little sketch portraits of faces and ideas. And that intrigues me in terms of the sort of persona you've given yourself. And you've given yourself another name, you've given yourself another image in the strip. Do you think it ties into that, this sort of, this prolific almost need within you to constantly be creating new characters and new names for characters? I think I kind of compulsive... I do sort of compulsively draw, obviously. I keep a sketchbook and I draw in it every day and it just so happens I always draw... I'm mainly drawing faces and heads and, and characters just because, yeah, I, I enjoy... I enjoy inventing characters, so... You did a trading card set for your last book, Bazoic. How many images were there in that? There were 15, 15 just sort of ripped from panels of the book. But each one with a distinct look, a distinct name, a distinct persona. Yeah, yeah, they were all characters that featured in the, in the comic. What made you want to do trading cards? I think it's a, a great idea, but I'm intrigued as, like, the impetus behind it. I just really like, I like, I've never collected them. I just really like, I like the idea of doing trading cards and I always... You know, I always want to do... I'm always thinking of ideas for doing sets, but it's, it, that, on that occasion, I actually ended... I did come through and sort of, OK, I, I made the cards. There's loads of other ones, sets, that I've half-started or I wanted to do, just because I like the I, I like the, uh, the sort of product of, of trading cards, even though I was never really a, a kid that sort of... or an adult that collected them, apart from possibly a like, garbage pal kid cards or something like that because trading cards are almost like sort of mini they can be almost like mini book covers in a way 
and you can design a sort of identity for them. That's the thing that I like doing about them. There, you can create a graphic identity for the whole series. That each one is different, obviously, because it's a different character on it. So they're almost sort of like a miniature book series, and that I find that one of the most fun things to do is is book covers and and the sort of cover graphics and everything. It's also playing with the form as well, isn't it? The actual, it's not just a book. There's this loose thing that comes with the book, which is associated with the book, but is also a separate thing. So it's a nice thing that enhances it as a piece as well, I think. Mm. I should do it every time. I might do from now on. Well, it just seems like you are so prolific in terms of creating, and obviously just having enough characters in the book. It's not a case of your stories tend to have one protagonist. There's like 20 characters who all look very distinct and all like they've got a story to tell. So in terms of the sketchbooks, they're packed with ideas and images. It's not just a case of each page being very separately dedicated to one idea. There's things jammed in everywhere, names, logos, faces. Is it a a sort of stream of consciousness thing when you sit down to work on the sketchbooks? Do you sort of have an idea and pick up the sketchbooks or do you pick up sketchbooks and think about ideas? More often than not, it's picking up the sketchbook and then thinking ideas. Yeah, it's not not very often that I, I sort of go, oh, I've got an idea, get my sketchbook, jot it down. I suppose it happens sometimes, but mainly what's in my sketchbook is just from me picking it up and I start drawing. A lot of it is sort of little graphic doodles and stuff, but there's a lot of ideas in there. There's not a whole lot of writing in there unless I'm working on something quite long. And I go, right, I need, I need to sort of like work this out and I'll use my sketchbook to sort of work out some writing or page layouts or something like that. But yeah, it's a bit of a jumble of brief ideas and a lot of just doodling. Sometimes it's drawing on the train or something. Um, do you set aside particular times to do it or is it a case of whenever you get a chance, you'll sort of sit down and do some... some yeah, it's just whenever I get the chance, really. When I... Just when I got a spare minute or something and looking at your blog as well that sort of almost restlessness that's in the sketchbooks in terms of the the range of stuff that's in there and the amount of stuff that's in there does seem to feed into your work as well just following the progress of the covers to bazoic where i don't know how many do you reckon you had in the mix altogether seems like about half a dozen yeah i was going to say it's no more than about six probably so yeah but there was a nice bit just following the progress of them on the blog, where at one point after like three or four, you're like, "Well, this is the final cover, guys," and then two covers later, you're like, "This is this is the final yeah, cover." Yeah, now. I suppose that's kind of sort of bad way I work. Whereas I could just go to my sketchbook, do some rough ideas, and go right, do six rough ideas, and go that one will work. I'll ink that, and I'll finish that up. But instead, I'll just start one, finish it, go, yeah, I really like that. And then I'll go, no, it's no good. <laughs> and then, but instead of instead of just sketching them roughly, I'll properly finish them. Just because, I, yeah, I kind of enjoy the whole process of finishing the bit. And especially if it's uh, like the cover, it's always in colour. So, you know, a lot of my work is black and white and the interior page is usually black and white. But the, the cover's going to be colour, so... You get to kind of bit of fun of yeah. doing some colouring in on Photoshop. So it's interesting because um, at the start of the description, you sort of you seemed against the idea of doing this many images, 
But by the end there, it sounds like you convince yourself that there is value in doing that much work because nothing's going to waste, is it? You're still processing ideas while, and, and working on images while you're putting that together. Yeah, I suppose it's practice. <laughs> it's practice and it's sort of stuff that goes on the internet, I suppose. But I don't know, you know, I don't know how productive that is to pr- produce six finished images when you only need one. But like you say, it's still like honing the skills and um, there's all stuff to put to put on your blog and stuff like that. It's also a thing of you know yourself there. There's a possible answer in terms of roughing out the images in the sketchbook but do you think that wouldn't be enough for you no matter how tightly you sketch those things out in, in, in the sketchbook you'd still need to see it as a finished piece to make a judgement on it as a piece yeah maybe that's what it is maybe when I'm when I'm viewing it as a, as a rough idea I can't properly visualise how I'll, how it will look and what I'll feel about it when it's finished until I actually do finish it properly and only then can I sort of go, yeah, that's that works or that doesn't work, or maybe I'll try another one. You know. Similarly, on the blog, I spotted this wonderful <laughs> entry where you're talking about how you're working on seven strips at the same time. Is that quite common in terms of how you're working? Um, yeah, maybe seven. Not often seven, but I was then. But yeah, usually I've got something like I'm working on quite a long thing at the moment, so that's. I'm always working bits on that and then I usually have like two or three other projects or maybe another project of my, yeah, so I'll have like two of my projects going like a long one and something short and then there might be something that I'm doing for something else or for an anthology or a few other small bits going on. But And you enjoy um, having that shift of focus <coughs> between the three projects? Yeah, I kind of enjoy doing different bits, but when I'm in a when I'm sort of really focused on something and I really get into the swing of it and I'm sort of on a roll with a certain thing, I'll prefer just to work on that. Like with the sort of like graphic novel I'm working on, when I sort of hit my stride on it, I just want to work on that. And if I start working on other things, that'll just sort of blow it, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, when I'm on a roll, I sort of focus on that. But when I'm not, I'll be not on a roll with like four different things. But at least I'm sort of cracking away at them. Similarly, in terms of typography and lettering, I just get the feeling I never see the same font twice. never see the same look to letters twice. Is that a deliberate thing? Is that something that you sort of work on a lot? Is that a choice that you make? Or is it just something that develops quite naturally from doing different projects? I mean, I do like, you know, I'm into typography. I like different fonts and stuff. But the typography is sort of made up when I'm doing the piece of work. It's not like I think I'm going to do something that looks like like Futura or something. (laughs) I'll just do whatever. But I, I kind of think I haven't got that broader range of sort of handmade fonts myself they tend to look I think they look all quite similar but some are a bit more sort of that kind of 50s 60s B movie type lettering and others are more standard sort of yeah dodgy hand-drawn Helvetica (laughs) (laughs) and are they is it all hand-drawn or is it a case of you designing uh fonts that you're then sort of drawing on yeah no it's all hand-drawn I hate using 
I hate using sort of digital lettering. I did used to sort of add like speech balloon, like lettering for speech balloons back ages ago digitally, but I really don't like that. I don't like that in comics that I read. So you don't so, enjoy the look of it as a reader, but then also as a creator, it probably feels less organic to have that as a separate process within the production. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've moved kind of into, tend to try and finish up by hand sort of artwork as as much as possible by you know to uh, finish it by hand as much as possible and not try and do anything yeah too much on the computer i think of your work as being very complementary to krent abels who's someone that we had on the show earlier in the run where it's there's a cartoony look to it but and there's a lot of energy to it and there's an abstract nature to it but it feels like you're doing different things with the work. I think of, of Krent's work as being satirical and yours more in terms of spoof. Yeah, I mean, obviously with Krent, he's, with the work that he was doing on Stool Pigeon, it was particular people he was covering, so he had to sort of parody them or, or satirise what he was talking about there. Whereas, I think I do have satire in my work. But you've, you have done work relating to the royal family and politicians. So I, I don't think there's no satirical element to it, but I think of your work more in terms of, like, Bazoic is a spoof of gangster comics, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to do as kind of surreal sort of parody of that genre, but try and chuck other little things in there to make it a bit weirder. And um, similarly with uh, the Lookout stuff as well. It's TV shows, but then, as you say... Not just spoofing them, but adding this surreal element that sort of moves them entirely from where you think about. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea on that of really just boiling it down to just take the name of a TV show. And it doesn't matter, actually, if it bears no resemblance to the show. But that's the title of the comic and, and, and that would pass as, a, as a, a cartoon version of the show. Yeah, I think it was, was it Steve Tillotson? Did he do um, Airwolf? He did like Airwolf and it was basically just a wolf sort of <laughs> made of air. <laughs> With no string fellow hawk. I quite enjoyed recently where you'd started a strip for Strip Burger called Radio, but you missed the deadline, but then got a chance to give it another life in When Will the Creeps Me? Do you want to tell us about the initial pitch you got for Strip Burger and then how you managed to adapt it into another magazine? Yeah, that was... Yeah, because they, they had a radio-themed issue. So, and I, I you know, I really like Strip Burger. I think it's got some really good stuff in it. So I started... I had sort of a bit of an idea, which was basically a bit of text about sort of a spoof of some dodgy sort of private eye on the Riviera. And, yeah, it had a radio involved. But basically, I, I sort of did a couple of pages. I wasn't going to make the deadline, and I didn't make the deadline... And then, yeah, Your Days Are Numbered said they were doing something and it was based around the, you're going to have to remember it now, UVB... 78? Yeah. can't remember if it was UVB or UZB, but I I read that there was a discrepancy there with... They misheard it originally, so it's actually... Whatever it's known as, it's actually the other letter, whether (laughs) it be V or Z. But they had an idea where this anthology was going to have that theme. And I thought, oh, that actually, I'll be able to sort of warp this 
extend this and warp it out slightly and bring it round to fit in with that. I like the idea of warping the warped. Something you've already <laughs> taken and turned around on itself and then turned it again to fit into this thing. Yeah, so yeah, so I kind of incorporated the uh, the buzzer into into that strip and finished it. I was quite pleased how it came out in the end. And then and then um, actually Stripburger contacted me and said, "What happened to that radio strip?" And I said, "Oh, it's, well, I did finish it, but not on time, and it's in it's in this thing instead." When you worked on Radio for Stripburger as an idea, did you have a plan for the whole story? Did you know it was going to end before? No, right. like that, and that's pretty typical. Unless like. I am working on a long story that I'm going to plan out and write some of the dialogue and stuff like that. This is the typical way that I work is that I've got like an inkling of an idea, like a little bit of text or a character or something. And I'll just pencil it out one page at a time. But as I go, so I'll do a grid in pencil, ink the grid in, then start start inking it in. And kind of, I did with that one, make it up. You know, I had a rough idea, but it was making it up as I went along, which always, that's why you don't meet the deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're sort of probably stumbling around a bit and it takes you longer than if you've like given something proper thought, planned it out for pages, all planned out, and then you could do it. But I didn't do it that way. I was sort of like, I kind of got an idea, but I'm not sure what it is. I I know this character's in it and he does this. But I don't really know where it's going, but I was going to let it go where it went. And then, obviously, I missed the deadline, so it went somewhere else. Because that's the thing, it does seem... I knew that it had existed as two pages before that strip that it ended up in, When Will the Creeps Me? But reading it as a strip in When Will the Creeps Me, it felt seamless. It didn't feel like you had to change anything that had already been there. It was all ready to go, but that's because you sort of left the space there for anything to go in there. Yeah, I think it was originally going to... I think the original idea was that the guy, the sort of um, the private eye that buys the radio, it's it was going to be... It was a bit of a cheesy idea where he buys an old ham radio and then he gets, like, ghost transmissions from... Uh, like, a ghost transmission from the war or something and then, I don't know, some slightly Twilight Zone thing where he... He finds the place and finds these people or whatever. It wasn't a good idea, but the end product was a better idea in the end, I think. So on your blog at the moment, you've got a couple of portraits of characters, Menfold Ulysses and Rose Rifle. Do you want to shed any light on those guys <laughs> for us? Um, yeah, they're just two things that I, again, sort of I thought, oh, this will be a great comic cover with no comic or idea. So, yeah, the Metful Ulysses one, I don't know what that is, but I had some vague idea where it was going to involve loads of different possible products that could be called Menthol Ulysses, like from deodorant to cigarettes. I don't know. I was going to just somehow create a story of, you know, a superhero, a box of cigarettes, you know some deodorant, whatever. So the masked man so on the cover is a menthol Ulysses rather than the, uh, yeah, the boiled sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a rough idea. But that's, I know that that's not going to go anywhere. 
I don't think. But no one rip off the name. <laughs> that is that is safe. Um, He's wearing and, a, is it a, a luchador mask? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't, is, is wrestling something that you've covered in your work? No, not really. But it's been for it. Yeah, but it's been well covered by. I think it's already been well covered. Um, Charles Burns did a sort of yeah, it's true. wrestling El Borba, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think wrestling's been quite well covered in comics. And so it's almost, yeah, it's almost, I think, a bit played out, the uh, wrestling mask thing, possibly. No I think the fact that, it's, that it's been done in comics, and the fact that you haven't done it in comics are two very different things for me, you see. I think I, 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 I'm really eager to see you do a wrestling comic. It's basically my question. <laughs> and that's what I thought meant for you. I thought he was going to be answering all my prayers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, d- I don't think I will. I would, li- I would like to, but it just it just sort of cracks in my head that, no, someone brilliant has already done a wrestling comic, so don't make an attempt at it. <laughs> so I probably won't do anything with that. But the Rose Rifle one, possibly. So it is only, it's just a character, and I quite quite like the way it looks and I, I just wanted to do so again just another rough cover that I just did with no other idea but she has I no did, context or background or absolutely persona. nothing but then I did think about asking somebody and saying you know this is just a, a name of a person and this is what they look like and collaborating with someone who would write a story and then I would illustrate it so it is a possible thing that I might collaborate on someone with have you worked with writers before? I have, but really only um, Paul O'Connell, who I really, you know, I think he's an amazing writer. He's, yeah, I really like his stuff. So he's the only one I've really, really sort of collaborated with as, a, you know, as a writer and a, and a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really enjoy doing it usually. I don't really like it or enjoy illustrating someone else's writing even though I think my writing is pretty rubbish yeah I'm a sort of lopsided auteur sort of more heavy on on the on the drawing leg than the sort of writing leg can we talk about your workspace you've moved house recently yeah have you got your workspace set up in the new place no at the moment I haven't really got a workspace I've just got a sort of like I've got like a small sort of dining table that I'm kind of working at but yeah, I, yeah. At the moment, I haven't really got a very good workspace. But Have you got plans to? Yeah, I've got plans to sort of take a bit of space and and make a proper little studio again because that's what I used to have. So I prefer to have a space dedicated, and I've got you know I've got a lot of stuff. So yeah, I need to have a sort of proper space to work at. But I don't I don't really like um, having a sort of outside like. Hiring, like having an outside studio space or hiring or, or being somewhere else to work for doing it easier at home. In your last place, as you were moving, you told me about the old situation you found where loads of stuff had come out of the attic and was just like stacked up in the space you used to work. And you described it as literally blocked. <laughs> there was no space for you to lay out any work and do any work. So it's obviously important for you to have that space. What is normally in it, or what would be the optimum sort of setup in terms of equipment and materials? I mean, when I had my space set up before, I had a drawing board, 
which I had, I'd sort of, it had a sort of, you know, an A0, it was a proper architect's drawing board, but I had taken the top off and made it a lot smaller. And then I had a desk. So I would kind of draw um, sometimes on the drawing board, sometimes on a desktop, you know, on a tabletop. And then I'd have the, the computer and a light box that I sometimes use. And then just sort of like all my sort of books. So on that basis, take us through a typical page, just in terms of the mechanics of what you're doing. With the usual, the, my usual way of working is to, if I'm working on like a, a one page story or say one to four pages, then I'll pencil directly onto, I just use normal sort of printer paper, 90, well, slightly thicker uh, printer paper, but not the stuff that's not too shiny, but has got a bit of sort of tooth to it, but not too rough. Is that the uh, GSM you're going to give us there? 90. 90. Uh, so, yeah, 90 or 100. But I don't, I've tried using like Bristol board and stuff, but it's too, too sort of shiny for me. Yeah, so I sort of pencil directly onto onto the page but I start with the the grid layout so I kind of with a pencil and ruler just draw a, what I think is a nice sort of composition for all my for my grid and that's the thing that I start with so I pencil the grid usually and then ink that and, and rub out the pencil so I've just got an inked grid and then I'll rough out I'll pencil on on that page are you working from thumbnails or breakdowns at this point, or are you just like if, if this is if this is like a short story, like one to four pages? I haven't got any thumbnails really. I'm just my thumbnails are going to be in the, in the on this page, and then when I've drawn them, they'll be gone. And so, yeah, I'll roughly roughly pencil them out, and then just ink it, and uh, get rid of the pencil. So the composition is taking place on the page live, essentially. Yeah, but start. Yeah, the compositional comes from the starting off with. I know how I want it to look by the grid, so I'll sort of because I've at the moment I'm using sort of more angular kind of uh, lines in the grid, so I I get a composition that I like with that, and then compose each sort of segment that way. Uh, and when I'm when I'm working on a longer thing, I will have thumbnails, and I'll thumbnail the grid layouts and sometimes try and think about the facing pages and how they'll mirror each other or, or not how they'll look together and sort of rough dialogue and the sort of plot I plot it out if it's longer and then and then I go back to that process of roughing out on the page doing the grid first and then roughing out but obviously there's a bit more behind it planned out than a shorter story. And then in terms of colouring, do you do that physically or is that done on the computer? No, that's done, yeah, I'll, I'll sort of rub out all the pencils and scan it in to Photoshop and, uh, yeah, just drop the colour in on the Photoshop. Do you tinker with the colour a lot or is it quite flat? I mean, sometimes I use... I don't think I'm great at, at colouring, so, so I, it varies from project to project, but a lot of the time I will kind of... I'll do the sort of basic colouring and then I might tinker around with it. I might add sort of like a, got a lot, I scanned a lot of sort of old vintage book pages that are sort of bleached, bleached out and burnt by the sun and that just to get a bit of texture and sort of tone in there a bit. And sometimes I'll overlay that and sort of set it to multiply 
and then turn it down a bit into, so it's not too sort of obvious. Just to give the, just to bring all the sort of colours in line in a way. In terms of your half tone, is that something that you do by hand or something that you do digitally? Usually digitally. Sometimes I do do little sort of yeah faux sort of uh, faux sort of zipper tone drawing it out. But yeah, a lot of the time I'll just drop it in. I've I made sort of my own sort of set of little different sorts of dots, and I just sort of like cut them out and drop them in, drop them in on a layer. And in terms of speech bubbles and sound effects, is that something that you incorporate into the textures you're drawing or something you add later with the computer? Yeah, I always kind of do it as an integral part of the the rest of the artwork. don't really like adding anything once I've gone into Photoshop, although sometimes you mess some, if you like hand doing the text, I mess some up and then... I've got to do it on a different sheet of paper and drop it in. But ideally, I wouldn't have to do any of that. And I try and make everything everything as finished as it can be. So everything's on I... one layer when it goes into Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, just I prefer color. it that way. Do you do any clean-up on lines or anything like that? Sometimes I'll, maybe I'll sort of go a bit too far with the line on the grid or something and take one of them out, or on the scan's a bit grainy, so I tidy that up. But I try, I usually find if I just scan it in black and white then it usually looks all right and I've just got to tidy up the edges. And a lot of, some sometimes I fill in the black, all the black sort of block chunky bits with the pen. And then sometimes if I'm sort of, if it's quite a long thing or I'm, I need to get it done, I'll drop the black in in Photoshop. So the sort of big blocks of black, I'll just fill in. But I actually have, have nowadays more trying to finish it all actually as it looks so if you if you see the bit of artwork it does look pretty much like the printed page so given that's time time's out of the question you would happily do all the spot blacks physically yeah yeah i find it actually quite in you know it's quite therapeutic sometimes just filling in just coloring in all them blacks but sometimes it's just not practical or it's a bit silly to do that when you can just drop them in and on the printed page, it's going to look exactly the same anyway, so... Thanks for joining us, Herc. Thank you. Where can people see more of your work? LordHerc.com, that's H-U-R-K, and uh, Twitter, at FancyButcher. Process is part of the Holdfast Network. Go to HoldFastNetwork.com for other podcasts you might enjoy.